Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Happy, happy new year, everybody. It's 2022, and I'm so, so, so excited to be back with more birth stories for you guys. Finally, it has taken a hot minute for me to be able to get myself together. Um, I've had a really, <laughs> I've had a really big fall, you guys, or not fall, autumn, I guess, not falling over, but autumn. I guess you can say fall also, but I mean the period of time where the weather gets colder, autumn. Um, I, as you guys know, you may know, I run my own business and um, I have two kids and there's been COVID and there's still COVID. (laughs) There's been a lot. It's just been a really big autumn and I... Um, have had to put everything a little bit on hold with this podcast because it is my passion project that I do on my free time and I just had to press pause a little bit but don't worry it is back now and it is back with uh, a vengeance I want to say but more so I would like to release an episode every week until I cannot find any more birth stories which I think is not going to happen because there are so many birth stories out there and um, we all love listening to them so it's going to be okay. So I'm very happy that you decided to tune in again and to listen again. I have a bunch of beautiful and original and wonderful birth stories lined up for all of you guys um, releasing every Thursday now from this first week of January. So Thank you, thank you for coming back and thank you also to everyone that's been reaching out to me during this time and asking if there is anything they can do to support me or to um, to just ask how I'm doing or if there's going to be any more of the podcast and all of this. So thank you for, for reaching out. Now, I've decided to do things a little bit differently this time I've rebranded a little bit or not rebranded but I've made a new logo which I hope you like (laughs) and I like a lot too Um, and um, I would like to ask a little bit more of you guys's support so um, to share the stories around and to share the podcast around with your friends and family maybe talking about it if you like it with people that you might feel might benefit from listening to birth stories Um, perhaps you could give me a follow on social media it's nine months podcast on instagram or maybe when you're listening to a story on your phone you could just take a screenshot and post it on your social media and give me a little tag there and a little shout out to just help spread the word that the podcast is out there for anyone and everyone that needs and wants to listen to birth stories I also had the suggestion that I've been pondering for a long time before I decided to do it, which is to create a Patreon page, which I in the end decided to do. So right now I have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash nine months podcast, where you can pledge your support to me and to the hours that I spend every week um, creating this content for you. Um, 
my goal with this Patreon page is, or my my promise, maybe I should say, with this Patreon page to you guys, is that I would like to release two episodes per week after I reach a hundred Patreons or or a hundred pat- patrons, I guess it's called a hundred members, maybe. <laughs> but um, after I have a hundred members there that support the time that I spent creating this work, then I can definitely create more of this of this beautiful content for you guys. So, if you feel compelled to to become a member and to support the work of this podcast and to support the existence of this podcast and please head to patreon.com slash nine months podcast and if you decide to do none of these things and you just decide to listen to this podcast and enjoy it then I'm ever grateful for you also so we do whatever we can to the best of our abilities and I love that and thank you guys so much for for listening in and for being there for me. All right, so let's get on to today's birth story, guys. Um, We will be hearing from Alex today, and she's going to be sharing the birth of her little girl, Avalon, with us. Avalon is now five months old, I believe, when this episode is coming out. But Alex was sharing her birth story with me just about one month postpartum. It's also quite beautiful in the way that it's very, very close to the birth that Alex shares her birth story. So you guys will get all the little details that sort of fade out of memory really quickly when you're caring for for a tiny baby. So so that will be very enjoyable, I'm sure. Alex and I are business partners, actually, and we also once upon a time had a podcast I think it was about a year ago that we did our last last episode about yoga it's called asana etc conversations about yoga if you guys want to tune into that and listen but um, the point I'm trying to make is that Alex and I are quite used to to talk to each other this way on air so um, so I hope you will enjoy that also. Alex will share her story about um, going through pregnancy and birth in a country that's not her native and during COVID pandemic and what that did and how that impacted her choices and the way she birthed and what happened next. But I'm going to leave all of the storytelling to Alex. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. Hi, Alex, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for trusting me with your story today. I know you have a very little one at home. How old is she? She's one month yesterday or four weeks, I guess. Now I count in weeks. I'm one of those ladies. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the dark side. (laughs) Yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, um, Alex and I are business partners. We run a couple of yoga studios together also, and we also do podcasting together about yoga. So this is a different setting today for us, I think. Yeah. 
Very cool. So would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you guys do? Yes, definitely. So I'm Alex, as you said, I'm from the United States, from California. Um, I've been living in Prague for a little over eight years now. Um, I'm married to Keva, who is a Czech man, and um, he has a son from a previous relationship, Fabian, he's 10 years old. And now we have Avalon together, who, like I said, is just one month old. So that's our family. Mm-hmm. And yeah, great. <laughs> so let's jump into it then. Do you want to start with your journey to becoming pregnant? And did you guys plan to have a baby? And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Okay, well, the journey, I guess it's been kind of a long one. We had I guess I'll just start. I had a miscarriage uh, about four, I guess it was four years ago. Mm. And my husband and I have been married for, for four years. So it was right after we got married um, and we had a surprise, like I got pregnant and um, a very short term pregnancy. I think I was pregnant for about two weeks um, before the pregnancy terminated. And um, it was just kind of like a, a wake-up call, like, wow, this is like a possibility in our lives. You know, I hadn't really ever thought about having a child um, because I've always been so, uh, I don't know, active in my lifestyle and lots of traveling and just lots of things that I've done. I haven't really had space in my life for taking care of a baby. So when this happened, um, having a miscarriage, it was just kind of like this, oh my God we can do this too. This is kind of an option. And, <laughs> and it was like, it was just a weird, like, I don't know, something inside of me kind of woke up, I guess I should say, or how to say it. And, um, and yeah. And while like this miscarriage was kind of sad, it was like, it was such a short term thing. It wasn't very like, I didn't feel like I had to go through like a big loss. It was just like made me question a lot of things like, you know, about my own body or about the match between myself and my husband. Like, is there something wrong with the two of us or all these kinds of things that made me question this. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, well, I was actually traveling when it happened and, um, and it was just like such a weird space to be in. It was actually right before you and I did that Morocco retreat and I was in the United States and I was, um, yeah, I was working actually on a, on a weed farm, on a marijuana farm. (laughs) at the top of this mountain like overlooking like the ocean and mm-hmm. and then like I realized like what was happening as I like that I was having this miscarriage I had found out like a week before that I was um pregnant didn't really know what to do didn't know how to process it here I am like you know traveling working doing this like nomad lifestyle and then have this miscarriage and I remember going into like a a Planned Parenthood in um, in California and like being checked by the doctor and they were just so not emotionally supportive about any of it. It was just so, I don't know, clinical and weird. And yeah, just kind of a funny thing to, to think back on. But it started us like thinking about having a child in the future. Um, so it like put the conversations kind of in our heads to like sit down and talk about all this. And And then so like, you know, we decided that we were kind of ready and we wanted to do this. And what ended up happening was PYC was Prague Yoga Collective. that We started (laughs) together. That's another baby. (laughs) Right, exactly. So this like baby idea between myself and my husband kind of got put on the back burner as um, 
we started to work on these studios and, and work on, on building what we've built. Uh, and I think it was good. It was a good thing in, in, in the timing and the way that it all happened. So I just kind of put that out of my mind for a while, like this whole, okay, you know, we're going to start a family thing. Yeah. And we then like, after everything kind of stabilized with, um, with the studios, I don't know, I guess everything went to hell again with COVID and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah. um, but uh, once everything, like I kind of, we all knew our roles and how this business is going to work. And it felt like this business was functioning. Um, it felt a little bit more of like the time to, to restart that conversation about having a family. So, so we did, so Cave and I talked about it and um, we decided to start trying and I was very nervous about the whole thing because because I had had a miscarriage. And I'm like, okay, so is can this work for me? Or can this work again with us? Like, are we going to be the right match for this? And, um, and, and yeah, and I didn't really know what to expect. I thought that once we made the decision to get pregnant, that it would be all really fast and it would, um, you know, just happen. But it didn't. And it took a long time, actually. I think... Um, it took like seven or eight months, six, I don't know, somewhere between six and eight months it actually took us to get pregnant. So here I am like, um, worried again, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my body? And everything that I had read was like, okay, don't, don't worry about anything until you've been trying actively for a year, you know? Mm. And so I'm like, okay, just try to put it out of my mind and don't, I don't want to stress myself out and make anything worse. So I just kind of like, let it, let it roll, you know? But it's interesting, um, the switch, like when you're actually trying to get pregnant, like each month when you get your period, you're like a little disappointed, you know, yeah. and you go from this whole thing from like, or at least for me anyway, when I'm younger, it's like when you get your period each month, you're like, yes, thank God, another month I don't have to worry, you know, and like you go through this shift when you're like older and actually yeah. trying. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so that was kind of funny feeling, mm. but yeah, I had a podcast with Polina. It was one of the earlier episodes, and you know Polina also. And mm -hmm. she said, "When we're when we're little, they teach us just if you sit next to a boy, you're gonna get pregnant." <laughs> and then that's what we have in our heads when uh -huh. we are when we are small, <laughs> you know. And then when we're actually trying, it's a whole different story, right? It totally is. Yeah, exactly. You're terrified of it when you're younger and when you're not ready. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so it was a little bit more of a, oh, just a longer journey. I don't want to say it was difficult because it just took longer than I expected. And, mm -hmm. and then it was interesting because we, we bought a house or a flat together in Prague. And then I think it was like, the, it was the first month that we moved into this flat, like after we had closed everything and and we're actually living here that I got pregnant. So I just think it's, it's kind of funny how it works out. It was like, it was the right timing in that kind of way. You know, everything was just in its place. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that first trimester is also quite, uh, quite nerve wracking for me because of, you know, having a previous miscarriage, I was just didn't want to do any celebrating yet um, right. until I got through it. So I, I kept it quiet you know, besides telling my, my mom, I think, um, and my sister, and it just kind of waited to see. And then, you know, everything was looking fine and baby was growing and, um, she looked healthy and I was healthy and, and everything was good. And, and 
and yeah, so it felt like, okay, I started telling everybody it was all very nice. Pregnancy for me was uh, a very interesting experience. I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was also something I was quite scared of going through life because everybody talks about it in, in such a horrible way. It's like such a bad rap, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there's lots of women out there that have had a different experience than I did. I was lucky to have a, you know, easy, easy, healthy pregnancy. So um yeah it was a, it was a it's just so interesting what your body can do and so it was a very nice time for me um yeah. the last month was was quite uncomfortable um just because there's no space for anything and uh, it's hard to move around it you're tired all the time all of these things like but other than that it was great um they went through we went through pregnancy when we were, I don't know, when I was about, I don't know, soon after I found out, about three months after I found out I was pregnant, we decided to um, do a big reconstruction in our house um, that we had just bought, our flat that we had just bought. So we, um, we decided to just kind of gut the whole place and redo it and... Uh, and we wanted to have it done before the baby came. So that was quite an experience um, to go through as well. So we had to actually move out of our flat. We moved into a smaller place nearby, a little one bedroom, and just had our, our place completely redone. Just, it was a cave in here. It was crazy. Just deconstructed the whole thing. And this is all like right at the end of the pregnancy, because of course, once you make the decision, you have to do all of these things to get everything in order. And when you can actually start and have supplies and ordering and blah, blah, blah. So everything was pushed later than, than expected. Um, so I was in my third trimester uh, reconstructing my house. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Uh, it's really crazy. But, it's funny. I think we talked about that too. Like a lot of pregnant women or couples, you know, just go through this thing of wanting to nest or something. And it's usually really big projects like this. And it goes towards the end. It's like always at the edge, right? <laughs> oh my God, for real. It's like, I, it would have been so nice if it could have been like the movies, you know, where you're just like choosing the color for the nursery and hanging some stuff and <laughs> but no here I am like in you know these big boots and you know paint and dirt all over me and just really going for it yeah um yeah I guess that's the style though that we've been going for also <laughs> with our studios and like <laughs> it's how yeah. we live life Alex you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to just uh, accept it I think <laughs> oh my god exactly I'm always just getting my hands dirty yeah. um but we made it. So now that it's here, it's all like, I don't know, it's all fine. We like, we finished this reconstruction. We got it all together. Okay, it wasn't all together, but it was livable. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we were here. And yeah. I'm just, I was staying in this like small little flat and I'm, you know, nine months pregnant and I'm sleeping on this couch that's like a wooden plank and the other option was a mattress in the back of the of the flat on the floor. Oh my god, it was it was awful. So I was so happy to get back home into my big giant uh, king size bed with these nice soft mattresses. It was it was such yeah. a blessing. Yeah, oh, that's great. 
Can you take us back a little bit through your pregnancy, just in, in the terms of care that you got? Like, did you, did you choose a specific route or, or um, what kind of maybe testing did you go through or, or anything like that that you'd like to share? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I just had no idea what to do when I found out I was pregnant because we were trying, I was very up on my cycles, like knowing the timing of, um, of everything of ovulating and period and all of that. So the second that I got pregnant, I just kind of knew that it, it that it had happened. And, um, and so then there's this like, okay, now it's here. What do I do? And I didn't know what to do. And I'm in a, you know, different country, even though I've been here for some time, it's, uh, you don't really know where to turn. So I just went to my, my gynecologist that I had been seeing. Um, and yeah, I wasn't quite sure if that was the route I wanted to go, or if, you know, you hear, read about these, having a midwife or hiring a doula and, um, and yeah, I went to my gynecologist hoping for some answers and, she could help me with all the basic medical stuff, but nothing further than that. Um, so I still wasn't quite sure where I wanted to turn. And actually you suggested me your um, midwife and she was very kind and sat down with me and we had a long talk and she just kind of explained to me the system here is, you know, in the Czech Republic, you have to register i don't know if this is the same for other countries but you have to register for where you want to give birth by 14 weeks which is so early um mm -hmm. in the pregnancy to make a decision like that because you're still processing the fact that you're actually pregnant you know you're not yeah. really thinking so much about the delivery or at least i wasn't at the yeah. time yeah so sitting down with um with your lady was really nice because she told me about all the hospitals that she had been in. She told me about the, the options of having home birth and how that works. And it was mm. just nice to have a fuller picture. Um, so I chose to go to, to Podoli based on what she had said. Otherwise I just visited my gynecologist throughout, did the regular, um, the regular visits and, and yeah, that's, I didn't do anything outside of that. Uh, and, but yeah, so I kind of weighed my options with everything. I know that my husband and I had talked about doing a home birth, but he was a bit nervous about it. And I felt also not like very confident in, in giving that a try as well, especially if he wasn't going to be like super solid with me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I don't have any of my, my family here as well. So so we chose Poroli and basically you meet you with your gynecologist just regularly up until the point of, um, I think you go into the birthing center at 36 weeks. Then you start going uh, to these appointments where they set you up on a monitor and um, a heart rate monitor for yourself and for the baby and you go regularly up right until your due date. Uh, and they set you up with a, with a midwife and see, this is what I had thought is there was going to be like set up with a personal midwife and we we're going to do a whole birthing plan and this whole idea and you get all this support. But in real life, it's not like that. You just kind of go see the doctor. You're in a hall of, you know, 50 other pregnant women and, hmm. and, uh, and it, you don't know who you'll get when you, when you're actually going in there, going into labor and, 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a bad experience. It's just nothing, no like, you know, romantic fairy tale about it or anything like that. So, right. So, yeah. And what about, um, did you guys take any birth classes together or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We took a, just like a one day birthing class. Um, hmm. that was just like a eight or 10 hour course, but it was so very helpful because, you know, I don't, I didn't know anything about pregnancy, about birth, you know, before you <laughs> go through it, there's nothing that can like prepare you for this. You know, you just right. got to go through it. You can talk to people and you can listen to stories and read all the information, but it's just going through it is obviously very different. So I went to, I took a course here in Prague. It was through a place called Aperio and they were very, very nice. It was very informative. Um, I'm very thankful I did it because it just kind of went over all the options and all the what ifs, you know, that can happen um, during labor. And mm -hmm. I knew in my head what I wanted to do, um, but I didn't, I didn't want to get attached to anything. You know, I didn't want to be like, this is my plan and I'm going to fight to the death for, for this plan because right. you just, you just don't know, you know, what's going to, yeah. what's going to go on. So I, I, I've seen some friends and family do that and it just the disappointment is is hard to deal with so I just mm. wanted to keep my keep my idea about labor very open because I remember at the beginning when I got pregnant and thinking about all this stuff I was thinking like oh my gosh you can get like a planned cesarean and you can you know, you can be put to sleep and just wake up and have a baby and you don't have to go through any of that craziness. Like, yeah, that's pretty attractive. You know, it was, yeah, it really sounded like that to me. And then as my pregnancy went on and I thought about all these things, it's like, I don't want to not be present for that moment. You know, I don't want to not yeah. be there. And this is my body. And of course, this is what my body's made to do. I can do this, you know, like, yeah. so I, I did a 180 with the idea of how I wanted to give birth. Um, and I, you know, wanted to try to just do it natural, let my body give me, you know, natural painkillers, no, you know, no medicine, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and that was my plan, but of course <laughs> things don't go to plan. So, yeah. Yeah. We call it a birth wish, you know, a birth, plan, yeah. a birth wish is better. I think. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Just Definitely. to be like, oh, this is what I wish for. But you know, things can go different directions also, I guess. Right. They Great. So, did. Yeah. Should we jump into the birth story then? Yeah. Um, when did it start? And and did you know? Did it start on its own? Yeah, it did actually. I was uh so Avalon came on her due date, which was amazing. It's um, such an Alex thing. Sorry, I just have to mention <laughs> that. Like, I don't know who it was. I think it was Caroline, a friend of ours, who said, it is so Alex to have a baby on her due date. <laughs> just planned, you know. Really? Sorry, just had, yeah, I just had to put that in there. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was really surprising, though, because I, you know, women uh, with their first child always go over, right? Or that's the statistic. Mm. So I, um, 
just expected to have more time. Plus, like I was saying, going back to this reconstruction, I had just moved back in my house, like things were barely in their place. So I expected to have like a whole nother 10 days to be able to, to do all this. But, but yeah, the night that it, that I went into labor, I had, I was at home. And I was going to bed quite early, um, quite early at the end of there. So I was just so tired. And my husband had gone out with his friends, but he, you know, cause I was so close to the end of my term that he, um, that he, we had an agreement that he was going to come home early. Right. And so he, I go to sleep about, I don't know, nine o'clock or something, nine thirty, And then he comes home around 11 and, and it woke me up. And usually I just wake up and like fall back asleep. Um, but it woke me up and he stayed up with me and we were just chatting up just about whatever, just random stuff. And I stayed awake for like an hour, which isn't really like me to do. And then he fell asleep and, and I was still awake and I was just reading my book and I don't know for like about an hour into this, I started feeling contractions. Um, and I know that about these like Braxton Hicks contractions that you can have that aren't necessarily like the real thing, right? Which is such a yeah. weird thing for me because I'm like, okay, what's going on then? So everything I had read about these were like, all right, the difference between real contractions, like labor contractions and this like practicing Braxton Hicks contractions are regularity. And so I started to uh, time them to see, you know, uh, if there was any pattern in them. And they were happening about, I don't know, 10 minutes away from each other. And so what I had read that in order to stop these contractions, you should just move and see, change your position and see if they go away. And so I turn over in bed, um, seeing if I can stop the contraction or see if it, it's not, you know, if it's a labor contraction or what it is. And as I turn over, I heard like a pop, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know what this is, you know, like, and my water had broken and I felt it and I was like, oh my God, is this really it? It really is. Okay. And then I stand up and it's like, there's just like water everywhere. And <laughs> it's funny because it was kind of like, you know, a little bit like the movies, uh, the way that it works. Cause I yeah. thought that everybody had said that it's like, you know, your water doesn't usually break or it doesn't always break or it'll break later in labor, uh, blah, blah, blah. So this happened and, um, and I woke up, I woke Kava up, my husband, and I was like, okay, so this is it. And I had him call for me, call the hospital. And they said, okay, yeah, you know, just, you can come in in two hours, uh, you know, time your contractions and this. And so it was still about, 10 minutes away from each other, these contractions, but they were really light, or at least I found out that those were light later. I was like <laughs> thinking in my head, like, okay, if this is what this is, like, this isn't so bad. Like, why is, why is everyone saying that this is so horrible? Like I can do this. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, so uh, my husband and I just slowly get ready. Uh, we both like take showers and, you know, make sure that we have everything in our bags packed and, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then we, we make our way to the hospital. And I had always like, 
was hoping in my head that I wouldn't go into labor in the middle of the night, you know, like, cause I'm, I'm such a morning person and I, mm. I just have no energy at nighttime. And I, my water broke at like 1.30 AM. So by the time we get to the hospital, um, it's like four o'clock in the morning. And once again, get set up uh, on one of these heart monitors to monitor the baby's heart and mine. And I'm having these contractions and I'm half asleep and I'm just like, I don't know, just not into it, you know? And they do a, a check to see if my uh, cervix had opened and it hadn't. So I'm not dilated at all. And they say, okay, so your water's broken, but labor hasn't started. Um, so we're going to send you into this waiting ward and your husband has to go home. And when you do go into labor, he can come back. Uh, so I didn't know that it works this way either that, you know, your husband's only allowed in the delivery room. Um, so I had to go into this place. They told me just try to rest as much as you can and, you know, we'll check you periodically. So I go into this room, I try to sleep. It's very hard to sleep when you're having contractions. These are now starting to get slightly more intense, but nothing like crazy. Um, and about every hour I'm going to be set up on these monitors. Um, and yeah, so that went on, I guess, for about six hours or something, seven hours. I'm trying to like sleep in between contractions and monitors and just kind of, you know, waiting, uh, waiting around. So as I'm on these monitors, they notice that um, when I have a contraction, the baby's heart rate is going down. And at first, I guess it wasn't really worrisome, but then it started to be a little bit more alarming. So they said, okay, because of this, like you haven't dilated at all, but um, because the heart rate's going down, we're going to send you to the delivery room so that you can be more closely monitored. So because of this, I got to go into the delivery room, even though I wasn't officially in labor yet. And my husband got to come in with me. So that was the nice part of that. But obviously, you know, when you hear your baby's heart rate's going down, it's like, what, you know, what's going on? Do I need to be worried? Yeah. Um, and so they kind of like told me this process, like they, they have like, you know, your water broke. Um, you have 24 hours to go into labor on your own. If not, they induce. And if you don't deliver within five hours of being induced, then it's cesarean. So it's just like, it's kind of weird how you just get this whole path just laid out for you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, your, your, your options, your choices don't feel like valid anymore. You're not really a part of it, you know, because you want the best for your baby. So there's, I don't know, there's nothing, the process has started, but there was nothing else, you know? So here I have this like, okay, clear path of what I can do. And it felt just like a, a, a lot of pressure, honestly, you know, cause I'm just like, oh my God, you know, if I don't make it to this point, I'm going to have to be induced. I don't want to be induced, you know? And mm. yeah, so it was, that was a weird uh, feeling. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we move into the delivery room. I, uh, at this point, contractions, start to get more intense, closer together. Uh, so they're about five minutes apart, seven minutes apart. I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted. Um, 
we're into like, this is like noon the next day already. And it's just continuing like this. So I'm just going through this kind of um, process of taking a shower, laying down, doing a little, like sleeping a little bit, walking around and just, you know, the same, nothing is progressing. Uh, every time I would be examined by the doctor, uh, there had been no further like dilation at all. And they told me that I need to keep like moving around so that I can help the process, but I am just very tired as well. And so it was just a, a weird space to be in, just kind of stuck in the middle, mm. um, I guess. So time goes on like this, just the same, a bunch of repetition, the same thing over and over again. And, um, and then, I don't know, in the nighttime, it was night, time by the time it happened her heart rate started going down again every time I was hooked up to these monitors I was having these uh, more severe contractions baby's heart rate was going down doctor tells me that she's too tired uh, you know if they were to induce that she's too tired to you know make the journey out um, and her heart rate is like getting you know low to a scary point so they suggest a cesarean or they say that it you know, they have to do a C-section. And I was just like, mm. okay, can I have, can I have a moment to think about this? And, you know, we talked about it and it just, it doesn't, doesn't really feel like there's any other choice, you know, it's just such a weird situation to be in. So, so I went in for, um, they prepped me for operation and um, I go in, get ready for this C-section. And I should note, I should say that like, the staff up to this point has been so kind. Everybody is so nice. You know, you have, you're in the delivery room, you have a midwife, and then there's a doctor that comes in every once in a while and checks you. But you know, these, these ladies, these women are just so kind and have this maternal feeling to them. You know, they all kind of rub your shoulder, tell you you're doing great, uh, you know, just get you hot compresses and water and, and just generally like, feel connected you know I was very surprised by this I was shocked because I thought it was going to be very clinical um and you know without that kind of like emotional aspect of it so it was just it was really nice to to feel that way um and feel supported that whole time with everybody I met because I met you know up until this point to this delivery I met probably 15 different people that I was dealing with and just mm -hmm. every one of them being like special in their own way it was just so nice so, um, so yeah, so they call this cesarean, it's 1030 at night. So I had gone through 20 hours of just this middle place, you know, no dilation, five minutes, contractions every five minutes and just kind of nothing happening. Baby's heart rate goes down, you get taken in and the, I have to, I'm given an, an epidural, the anesthesiologist is crazy this lady is totally <laughs> psycho i just couldn't believe it like i get all of these amazing nice people and then i have this anesthesiologist uh who's just yelling at me you know i'm super tired she's telling me to get into this position i need to round my back so that she she's explaining to me what she's gonna do and she's screaming this woman is screaming and i'm just like <laughs> lady like take it easy you know I'm like 20 hours into this like 
around my back, like, don't worry, you know, I, I wasn't like responding fast enough for her or, or whatever it was. And it was, I had done this, um, this whole experience I had done in, in Czech, right? Speaking Czech language. Um, but every time they would come in, they would see my foreign name and they would ask me if I speak Czech and I would always answer yes. And, and it was fine. So this lady asked me the same and I apparently didn't like respond fast enough for her for that either. And she's just like, you don't understand me. Do you understand me? You don't understand me. She kept, she must've said this like 30 different times throughout this experience. Mm -hmm. So she's telling me what to do. I'm doing it. And every time like they would put this needle in my back, like, you know, I would, I would react to it. I would move away a little bit. And, um, and then, so they'd have to do it again, or she would have to do it again. And every time she, her shouts just got louder. And I was like, disassociated from my like experience and from my body at the time anyway and I'm just like it was like funny to me you know I just couldn't <laughs> believe that this lady was this intense and I could tell like the rapport that she had like with the doctors that they weren't a big fan of her either you know this anesthesiologist uh -huh. that comes in and does her her one thing but finally they get it hooked up I think she had to try about four times to get this this needle in um and then she did and this lady still like, you know, she's trying to explain to me what's going to happen and what I'm going to feel. And, and like, I just, I can't explain how crazy this woman was. She's just yelling in my face. She's pushing on my shoulder to try to describe to me what the pain, the pressure will feel like, you know, and mm -hmm. it was just really something. Um, so apart from this lady, the whole experience was fine. Uh, but yeah, that's like, it's a, surreal experience to uh to have this epidural you just you're totally you're just like floating you know it's insane and you also i don't know you feel like you're on a cloud and everything's happening so fast my husband was able to come in with me they put up this like sheet between my upper body and my lower body um and they start operating and then you know a few minutes later the baby's there and it's just like this i don't know it's such an overwhelming feeling and here you are just like laying there and not in control of your body and i can't like move i can't do anything it was it was just i don't know it was, it was incredible and they they show me her and then you know they they take her to the side kava goes with her they, they clean her up and they bring her back they, they lay her on my chest but it all it all kind of felt very staged, you know, it didn't feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel like this big, like, motherly experience that I was hoping for this, like, you know, first moment. It, it wasn't, it wasn't really like that. It was, um, here's the baby, we have to do this, you've got your three minutes or whatever. And, you know, as the doctors are working to, to stitch you up. And yeah, and it's, I don't know, it was, it, this part was very, very medical, very clinical for me. It was, it was, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah. So you just got to keep her for a few minutes and then they took her to the nursery or gave her to Kava or? Yeah, they give her to Kava and like, and you know, they lay her on my chest. Kava's there too. And it's like, they take our phones to take a couple of pictures. It was so weird. It felt <laughs> like Disneyland or something. It was just, it just felt like so systematic, like what they were doing, you know, the bare minimum to make the parents happy in that moment, you know? Um, but I was just a little bit out, out of my mind to be able to kind of process that or, or do anything about it. And so, yeah, so then they 
they take the baby, Cable goes with the baby, so I figure that they're together. They finish, um, finish up the operation with me and they, they move me to like the next like bed. Um, and then they tell me that the baby's going into the nursery and that Cable, my husband has to leave and that I have to go into recovery by myself. And I had no idea that this was going to happen. So literally mm. the second that the operation's over, they just kicked out my husband and took the baby. And I was, I, I was just like, are you serious? I was, I, I was, can I have 20 minutes? Can I have 10 minutes with them? Like, like, this is how it works. Like, really, this is what you guys are going to do. And, you know, at that point, I'm like, starting to get like a little bit more alert, because I just couldn't believe that this is how it was going to happen. Um, but that's how it happened. And it was not a nice feeling. And if to can go I into ask if it has to, did it have to do with COVID? Or is this just normal practice that came had to go? normal practice i guess because you go into the you go into the icu afterward and so nobody is allowed there no visitors allowed in that part of the hospital so again i wish that i had known this going into it that you know your husband your partner can only be there in the delivery room and then the postpartum rooms um Mm. so that yeah that's just standard that's just standard practice um yeah so they wheel me into this, this room and I have to lie on my back for 12 hours. Uh, and I'm exhausted. I needed, I really did need to rest. I needed to recover. Um, but I wanted to do that with my baby, you know, and also, also with my husband. So, so yeah, so they send him home and, uh, six hours I was there uh, lying down. And then after six hours, they brought, they brought Avalon in, they brought the baby in and they Mm. just bring her in for a moment for breastfeeding. And then they brought her back every three hours after that, but just for a few minutes at a time. Um, so that part was really hard. And after these 12 hours are done, you're moved, it was moved to a postpartum room and then they're good. Everything's very quick to get you back reunited with the baby. They help you, the nurses help you, um, you know, hold the baby, handle the baby. Uh, the, they, you have the option to stay with the baby the whole time, but, or if you need to rest, they will watch the baby for you. So everything, mm-hmm. once I got out of that ICU was all good. It was just um, that initial part. And also the fact that I didn't know it was coming that made yeah. it really difficult. Yeah. Is there a, do you know why, I'm just asking all these questions, there might be mamas that are wondering, but um, why they just bring the baby in just for breastfeeding and then take them out? Is it because they don't have staff enough to like stay with you or what do you know, is there a reasoning behind why you can't have the baby with you there? They said that it's because that you need to rest and that's it. So, you know, I start like I'm talking to this lady right when I got wheeled in or this nurse right when I got wheeled into this room and I'm asking her these questions you know well why can't you stay here with me with my baby Mm. and she's saying um you need to rest you just need to rest and uh and I'm like well I want to rest with the baby blah 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 saying these things and and they just Mm. say that that I need to recover as you're only allowed to move you know your your arms like from the elbows down so they didn't want you handling the baby in, in that way because everything needs to kind of settle. 
I so, guess. Yeah. 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 That, of course. Yeah. That was the big reason uh, yeah. for that. Yeah. But then when you got to the next room, Keva, Keva could come straight away. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so this was because of COVID though. Okay. So the visiting hours uh, were only two hours a day from four to six each day. Um, mm. And, and you had to have a test when you come in and nobody else can visit besides the father of the child. Mm. Uh, so it was like that. So that was also quite difficult. Um, but the care in there was really great. You know, these, at this place, totally, they have very nice rooms. Uh, it's very bright. You have, you know, trees in, in your view or the river in your view, which is really nice. It's mm. very like, it doesn't feel very clinical. It feels very calming. Um, and again, the staff was just wonderful. Everybody was wonderful. And mm. like, when you meet all of these different people, you expect to get a few bad apples, but everybody was just so kind and helpful. They just all were like mother hens, you know, it was, yeah. it was really wonderful. Um, and you get kind of like a little crash course in, in being a mom, you know, you get a, like baby school from all of these nurses. They have like a little (laughs) checklist, you know, they show you how to like everything, like change a diaper, give the baby a bath. Like they teach you with the breastfeeding, even how to dress them. It's really, um, it's really interesting, but they're very patient, you know? So even something as simple as changing a diaper, they still like go through it with you, you know? Yeah. Which sounds so simple, but it, it was helpful because here I am. I'm like, okay, now this is, my baby, I have to take care of it. Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, so I was very thankful for this uh, staff going through all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So how was the um, immediate postpartum for you then? Just in the hospital and, and everything? For me, it's just like you kind of forget that you are a person, <laughs> like you have a body to take care of. Like I I just didn't really think about all that stuff. I just was so focused on on the baby, you know, mm. and if she is doing okay and, and you're so enamored with them, you know, I'm just like staring at her face all day. So I was in a dream, like it was all, it was all fine, you know. Um, I, I recovered real fast from this, uh, from this cesarean. I was up walking around the next day and um, luckily I've, yeah, I've been really active since the operation, since the birth. Uh, so I, I had it easy. I know, I know people that haven't had it so easy afterward. Mm. Um, so I got lucky with that. So all in all, for me, it was, it was all fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know you've actually just, you know, recently got home with baby, but uh, if I can ask you about coming home and being home and having a routine and stuff, and how all of that has been also. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, it's an adjustment for sure. Uh, a routine is hard to, hard to do because I try to just, I've been trying to just kind of let her lead. And every time I, I kind of recognize a pattern, um, it's broken or smashed, <laughs> yeah. I should say, <laughs> the next thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's really nice to just be able to have this time to be at home without having to work, without having to worry about anything else and just giving her all of my attention. So, uh, mm. 
So, you know, the routine is just feed her, let her sleep, hold her, make her happy, you know, change the diaper, all these kinds of things. Uh, but it's all just, it's so joyful, you know, it's, it's just such an amazing experience. Even if it is like 3am, it's like, it's just all part of this experience. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it. So I've been feeling wonderful this, this past month. It's, um, it's just so nice. That's really uh, nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired yeah. and I'm tired. Like in the depths of my soul, I'm tired, but <laughs> welcome to motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go away. Don't worry. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it's, it's all it, worth it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's nice. Are there, are there any references or anything else that you'd like to share something that might've been helpful or anything that could help someone else? If you are going through this the first time, um, I mean, and I guess I'm speaking to people that live here in the Czech Republic, foreigners living in the Czech Republic. Uh, you know, my experience was changed so much in, in Portali because I speak Czech, you know, and I remember being very firm uh, before this saying, I'm going to do this whole experience in English. You know, I got an English speaking gynecologist, mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, this is my experience to have, and I'm going to do it in my, in my language, you know? And once I was there, it was just, first, it was just so much easier just to not switch over and not to have the whole conversation. Can we switch to English, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. Um, but then secondly, like in the postpartum rooms and in, in the postpartum care, so the nurses don't speak English. So if you're a foreigner living here, I would, I would have a translator with you or a doula that, you know, is bilingual because I think that my experience would have been very different if I uh, wasn't able to communicate with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. So that's definitely one suggestion I would make. Uh, yeah. And otherwise that birth, birthing course, you know, for first time moms, unless, unless you're somehow an expert on pregnancy and, and birth beforehand, <laughs> you don't need it. I sure wasn't. I didn't know any of these things. That was so helpful um, to go through, yeah. uh, to know all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. I will be sure to link to that. Um, Aperio, is it? Mm -hmm. Right on your show notes page. I'll put that up there for everyone. All right, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again so much, Alex, for coming on and sharing your beautiful birth story with us here today as the first episode of the year. If you are listening in and you would like to reach out to Alex and ask her any questions or anything, then you can send me a message on the nine months podcast at gmail.com or you can head to the website nine months and the number nine is always a number nine there and not spelled in letters. Um, also, give me a follow on Nine Months Podcast on Instagram. Give me some likes, share the episodes that you are listening to. And again, if you feel compelled to support this work and support me in creating more and more content for you guys and more stories then please head to patreon.com slash nine months podcast and become a patron 
today. Whenever I reach a hundred patrons or members per month, then I will re uh, release two episodes a week instead of one. So that's something to look forward to. Also, if you would like to share your birth story on the podcast, then please don't hesitate. Just reach out and we will make it happen. Thank you guys so much and I'm already looking forward to next week's episode. Have a wonderful week.